Gordon. It's a big one. We're going to do a nervous wee. Bar podcast. It's very funny. If you want to, just for the listeners out there, if you want to uh, annoy Rawdon Dubois, just just bring his microphone fader down. Yeah, you know, because what Rawdon likes is to have the microphone fader up at all times, so it pops, so that he can Peter. he can Peter Piper picked peppers, Pepper. and also so he can talk about himself. Look, that's what it's all about. This program, Tom. Uh, occasionally, we have guests on. Occasionally, you can talk, and we get a Wookie from Cam. But other than that, what I was going to say was we we had a cargo. Hole full of uh, flying squirrels. That's all I was going to say, which is relevant to today. Very, very relevant. They're, they're loaded on back. So our very, very special guest. He's been on the podcast before, but it's been a long time between drinks. Royal industry royalty, I think you could call uh, refer to this guy as Andre Benoit, aka the Flying Squirrel. Squirrel. And we do go into the uh, origins <laughs> of that particular nickname. We it's did. a very enjoyable chat, Rod, and, uh, you know, it's a long one. It's it, a longie. It starts with a bit of a, a trip down memory lane. Uh-huh. He, he, he reminisces about those early days working with Charles Poliquin when yep. Andre was in the uh, Olympic... The bobsled? Bob, the, the, in Downhill the bobsledding? Bobsled team. That's for you. Uh, uh, no. Cool runnings? Susan Benoit is going to message me on Instagram again or, or Facey and say, you clown, uh, luge in the luge team luge and he really felt at, at that point uh, with what Charles was trying to do with them and really uh, make a name for himself as a coach that he was at his peak as a strength mm. coach um, that was like in his late 20s yeah like, 28 I think he said he was at that stage wow we talk about how Andre then switched from being an athlete as to part of the uh, part of the machine part mm-hmm, of the, mm-hmm. the Poliquin brand and how they built the courses the biosig yep, yep. All that kind of stuff. Um, Absolutely fascinating. I wasn't aware of how it all unfolded, so it was really cool to get that insight from Andre. Really cool. And towards the back half of the interview, Rodan, I think there's a lot of quality stuff that mm. the, the listener will get out of that. We um, we, we delve quite deep into strength training methods, mm-hmm. uh, Andre's mm-hmm. methodology, particularly interesting stuff on working with advanced athletes. Yeah, that was that was really cool, really cool. Yeah, really cool. So he goes through a number of different training systems. He talks about the conjugated method. He talks about uh, the accumulation and, in, intensification, and yep. intensification phases mm-hmm. and how he his, his, his particular methods for programming for those more advanced athletes when strength 
is the goal. So mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. some note taking to be done in the back half of that. But it's uh, a real pleasure to get him on. It was. It was, and like you uh, alluded, a long time coming. So it was. It was good to finally get him back on and uh, heckle him. Mm-hmm. We, for this one, we actually thought it was warranted having the screen up so we could actually see him. So he was often pointing to the back of his. Oh, see in the back of the the video, the the yeah. shelf there. I got some books there and this and that. It was. It was very animated. The whole thing. And it was. It was absolutely awesome. Thoroughly yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, really good to talk to Andre again. So uh, someone who we've both had uh, some good experience working with so, so really enjoyable so yeah have yourself get, into uh, it. get yourself settled mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy Andre Benoit Yeah, we're just we're just yeah uh, yeah let's yeah keep we're going. recording yeah let's keep it's going. all good man yeah well, loose skip this one but like I really credit the the the, the training that I've done uh, and uh, you know people say well you know Charles Jones yeah well uh, you know whether you like him or hate him mm. he, he trained me so what <laughs> I have to live with that fact no matter what exactly but the, the base like he really was at the top of his game I think when he was our strength coach as a strength coach okay uh, yeah he was way more knowledgeable but the point is as a strength coach he was on top of his game he wanted to do good because we were our us the Boxley team we were truly his first um, teams like that the, the 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 amateur sport team that he took under his wing yeah and he wanted to show make an example of us I guess and he did but the, the, the point I'm making is that the, 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 the training I got the baseline he did he did with me and if you look at all that my teammates yeah we're all still pretty strong in our 50s like we're uh-huh. none of us well except Telford but None of us are obese. None of us are out of shape. Uh, but even Telford, he was uh, a guy that was like he let himself go. But he still, if he slaps you, it, it's gonna hurt. <laughs> still, he's still very strong. Yeah. Um, but um, like I still do deadlifts. Like I'll have people, as you can see, I'm in my basement now, so I shut yeah. down my my shirt. But I saw people coming in doing deadlifts, and I can keep up with them. Yeah. And that's I'll keep up with most. Here. Tell me, Andre, because uh, I I can't f- uh, recall what what your actual feats were, but I remember Charles talking about he doesn't you know like because you're a smaller guy, but you had some quite imp- there were a few things. Was it like a, a pull up or something? Just crazy sort of numbers the, or the, the flying squirrel. So the pull up that I had was um, in the textbook that he wrote. Is that the in 1991 at testing camp I did. Uh, for one RM, I did uh, wide grip, so yeah. just about loop start uh, uh, pull-ups with 123.7 pounds dumbbell between my legs. <laughs> but the thing is, in training, myself and Telford, we would hover between 125 to the heaviest I've ever done in training was 130, 130 point something dumbbell. Yeah, wow. That's a, but that's in training, so I don't really talk about that. But in the book, where you know Charles says, "Oh, it's flying squirrel," yeah. and I had flying squirrel. <laughs> well, the, the, the thing, the way that name happened is that I was getting a massage, <laughs> a buddy of mine, like Patrick Anderson, and uh, Charles came in and says, "Oh, fuck, Andre, this tonight you gotta go train." And, and also he goes, he goes, "Fuck," he goes, "Look at those lats." <laughs> Patrick goes, "Yeah, he's like a fucking flying squirrel." <laughs> 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 Then it, Charles goes, he goes, yeah, the fucking Andre Flying Squirrel. That's your name. <laughs> that's, 
So how, how old was Charles then, in this time that you're talking about, when he was at his peak as a strength coach? How old was he? Well, how many years ago? I was 1988. So I was, I was 26, so you was 30. Uh, no, so he was 28. 28. Wow. And so you finished as an athlete, working with him. Did you guys start a business together, or you came on as his right-hand man? Okay, so the, the total true story on this one, Yes, I'll give you. So yeah. I was an athlete and he was uh, somehow, I know it's rare, but he was a bit late with his program sometimes. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, heard I said that. to Charles, I said, Charles, fuck, you got to hire, you got to hire an assistant. Like seriously, that anybody would do it. Yeah. He was back and he was in French, obviously. So he starts running in French and say, fuck, nobody he goes, do you want the job? I said, sure. And that's yeah. how I started. Right. That so he said, okay, but the next day he started doing, uh, Okay, you got to do this, this, this. I started doing uh, being his gopher. Yeah. And that's that's my beginning in 1989. Uh, I started being his, his assistant. And that's how my career started. I never, I was studying to be a pilot. Yeah, no, mm. I remember you saying that. And, yeah. and what was your knowledge like back then? Was it was it reasonable or were you just doing what you were told or you had a decent well, grasp yeah, on I everything? Thought, what I did in 84. When I, when the same year I made the national luge team, I also it was my first year in uh, phys ed. Then it was kinesiology, but then it was called phys ed. Yeah, University of Sherbrooke in 1984, and then the year after that I moved to Calgary, Alberta, and I transferred everything to Calgary to the University of Calgary, and then I was doing my degree in phys ed. But I quickly learned, you know, knowing Charles was a blessing and a curse because I, we would do stuff in the gym. And I wouldn't bring this to the university, to the <laughs> teachers, and people go, no, no, this is all wrong. I mean, mm. Okay. So, but I mean, obviously, we're getting stronger. So it's, but it was really just to show you how far ahead, You're right. not Charles, but the amateur world was from the scholastic world. Mm. Yes. Like, it, it was uh, really, um, uh, uh, you know, like, years, years and years apart. Like, yep. the... I remember doing our practical course, like program design was six weeks. It was horrible. Like, a, horrible. I, I yeah. couldn't believe. Uh, this was a yeah. phys ed, what you were learning? Uh, yeah, just, was just the, the stuff we learned was just nothing. Terrible. There's no concept of time and detention, absolutely none. Uh, when I brought it up to the class, to the teacher, he says, no, that that's that's irrelevant. I was like, okay. <laughs> Okay, so so then you, me being me, I started doing stuff in my uh, test and stuff, and I, I was having poor mark. I barely, apparently, I barely passed the class. <laughs> I was not Thanks, Charles. So I, I learned quite a bit, and at the end, my final exam, I, I said, okay, I'll write down what they want. And, mm. Yeah. And so, Andre, then, at what point and in what capacity were you involved in the creation of Biosignature, Polygram. the software? PICP, how did that all come about? And yeah, and, okay. and when would that have been from? Like you started work, the, the was it Gopher? I think you said you were you just a little little Gopher, and then um, well, at first I was uh, his Gopher as far as go getting, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. whatever it was. But then uh, then he said, okay, you got to write start writing programs. So what he would do, he would uh, <laughs> first time. I, this is Charles. This is people think you know. They have a rough time when they take a course with me. But the thing is, they, this is Charles. So he said, okay, you have to write a program. It's the uh, Alberta Alpine Ski Team. And write a program for them. So, okay, so he gave me all of whatever. What he, the test he done, he, he did. like, Which was basically then was the CLAT test. Yeah. 
and a bit of lifting, but that's it. And then he, so I wrote my program and I gave it to him <laughs> and he looked, looked at the program like this, looked at me. <laughs> and and for, and for our listeners, listeners, Andre just threw the uh, program on the ground, basically. Yeah, right, yeah, he threw the program on the ground, and then I go and he feedback. He goes, "You know better." That was my that was my feedback. What the hell? Hell, so anyway, okay, so I I picked up my program and looked at it and go, so I fucking read and did this. <laughs> so you know, I remember. Okay, he said to me, "Okay, read." Uh, he said, look at the Arnold Encyclopedia because it's got tons of good exercise. It explains things and read about uh, different books. We had a German book, whatever. And then he says, read this. And so I'm going back and reading right, my second attempt. And then the second attempt, he got this red mark, big red marker, circle shit. <laughs> and then he gives it back to me. At least the time he gave it back to me. He goes, change that. Like, and I go, what am I trying to, because you know better, Andre, change that, do it. I'm like, holy shit. So anyway, so I did, that's how I learned to write programs. So I started writing programs with him. Yeah. With very little, very little did, feedback. And did, then, but I read and then, you know, years later, I brought that story back with him and uh, we were on the plane. Was, I can't remember where. And he started laughing with his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Because I remember it goes, but you learn. I said, yeah, but I said you could have made the learning process a bit quicker if you had said just go. But it's... we're trying for uh, structural imbalance between quads and hamstring. Yeah. Fucking do something. I said, okay. Then I would have sort of guessing, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, but, what uh, with what you know now, like looking back, was the program not up to par? Like, or was he just being super tough? Like, it, you look back and you go, well, yeah, well, it wasn't my best work. But, uh, general program too too general too general mm. yeah it was just like there's no there's no emphasis but you know like you know okay so now i know well i knew later than a few weeks later so okay so we're trying to break the the cycle the major structural uh, imbalance between the quad and the hamstring to protect yeah. the knee and then so it, mine was too it was okay yeah for life or 24-hour fitness but it was not yep. good for a, a sport where the team had a huge they all had a massive strength difference between the quad and the hamstring because they never you have to remember also if you go back in time at that time full squat was like uh getting a tattoo in the 50s it's like <gasps> oh yeah. shit mm. i just doing full squat then was bad because we knew well we knew the, the, the general uh, medical world and the physio world knew for a fact that if you did half squat was way better yeah. than if you do full squat because doing full squat would destroy your knees. Me, so me, I knew that. I knew about the full squat, but the thing is I did not know that it was that um, I was not fully aware, if you want, of the huge discrepancy between the strength of the quad and the hamstring because all they did, those guys, they came with Charles because they realized, okay, Charles has been with the Alpine ski team now for two years. Huh. Three of injuries of being standard five to six knee injury per year went down to maybe one. Wow. Okay. And that was because mostly these guys would hit a gate or fall and they wreck their knees and so on. Not because of just skiing. 
Yeah. Mm. And and tell me, like you you said, uh, the amateur world was way ahead of academia uh, in regards to strength and conditioning. Do you think that these days, from what you see, is it better now that what they're teaching, like strength and conditioning in university, is that yeah pretty good now, or is it still a discrepancy between what you see if you do privy to what they're doing now in track and field and sport in general? I think there's always going to be a bit of a difference, but it's, it's way less now mm. than what it was. Yeah. And I think the reason why there's always going to be the athletic world would be a little bit ahead because they have to be more aggressive. They need to be more aggressive in their research and yeah. their study. Yeah. Need it. And sometimes the, the, uh, the research is not there. Sorry. What I, I meant to say is they need to have results quick. So the coach will, read more and they are more they're very educated the head coaches in the amateur world and they need uh because there's a system established like for example in canada if you want to be a, a olympian olympic coach you have to be level well it was level four now maybe you have to be nccp level five so uh national coaching certification program level five yeah uh, it was four before and i think it's still four minimum you can't yeah. be a level one or two uh so the education is is better and they, I think the the good coaches that do make huge progress in the training for their sports and figuring out new way of uh, optimizing yeah. their athletic performance are the guys that they, they, they read, they understand their principles, and they can make deductions, and, this, and then their research will prove it later. Yes. Mm. A good example on that one, I think, is that uh, Matt Jordan, at the, at, he's at Winsport and the University of Calgary here in, in Calgary. And um, he's now developed, uh, so long story short, he called me a few, like three years ago, he said, Andre, I'd like you to come here. So I I'm, was known to uh, fix this guy, his name is Eddie Podovinsky, downhill skier, wrecked his knee, full knee reconstructive surgery, came back. He, he was sent to me as a, as the strength coach right after his physiotherapy. Came to me, doctor called me. Goes, Andre, I've never seen ever seen a um, such a quick rehab of a wow. you no know, four new ligaments. And I said, oh, thank you. And then he he wanted me to go present in front of the class. I said, well, before we do this, I would rather present it to you because I'm pretty sure we're we're I'm very aggressive and we don't do the same thing. Yeah. Long story short, I presented what I did to the doctor. Doctor said, "Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm happy we did not go straight to you presenting in the okay. class because right. he did not what still. That was 1997. Okay. He did not personally believe in in full squats. Still, he did not believe in uh, the hooks and the LD centric stuff I did. But that's a totally different podcast. But the yeah. point is that Matt and everything I did with the bad leg." I did the same thing with the good leg, exact same reps, same weight, even if it was just body weight, just body weight, it yep. didn't matter. And uh, Matt, years later, he says, I want to show you why what you did was so great. Is because now they, they can show you with the, he has a system, they can actually tell you exactly what's happening with the plate force, what's happening in the quad, hamstring, and uh, how important the when you do your rehab for the injured knee, yeah. you must do for the the good knee, because after the proper rehab is taking place, and I'm talking the proper strength training, yeah, your bad knee 
is above and beyond yes the good yes and now he's at risk and they have they can tell you now okay the way this guy was rehabbed and strengthened he's at risk of injuring this this or that yeah amazing like matt mm. jordan you should have him on your podcast yeah, yeah. You want. and and when you rehabbed him back in the day was were you mindful of that that is, is it sort of that radiation type thing where you train one side the other gets like why why did you do it like that when you rehabbed him uh, you want to know why because uh so we did the structural screening so the clat test i remember doing clat tests and uh all of a sudden the they would have one good knee and one bad knee and i say, oh did, did you injure this knee the no the bad no the one that would go yeah, yeah, over yeah, yeah, yeah. So, no i injured the other one i go oh Yes. Yes, hmm. a few times, and I asked. I said, "Okay, well, I was asking questions and interesting." <clears throat> and then I said, and every single time they said, "No, I did physio, did tons of physio for this, and it's fantastic." Yeah. And I go, interesting. So I said, "Oh, maybe we should do physio." But now, what I've you know in hindsight, what happened is that you re-educate the one side to work properly. Yes. Proper sequence, proper everything. Mm-hmm. And then the other side, well, that side fires looks good, but a whole bunch of shit happening behind the scene that is yeah. wrong, but adaptation at, at the, the um, not wrong adaptation, but adaptation for the injury of the other leg or the weakness yes, yes, of the yes. other. Compensation. The other side, compensation, exactly. Yeah. And then to look good, but in the back, in the back, if you imagine uh, the wheel of uh, the like a bicycle wheel with yeah, spokes yeah. yeah well that wheel's going like this because you have you you have your spokes that are super 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 tight and then yeah, the yeah. loose spoke. and if you don't take care of that if you have if you ever i used to bike until i was 27 i had no cars and uh if you don't take care of your spokes and one's gonna snap or two and then you yeah. gotta change your re reset everything and get it fixed mm. the same thing with the body and then that i said okay when eddie came in and I also did the same thing with this other girl, another skier. Her name is Edith Rosa. And the same thing again. She, the doctor was impressed. Uh, he's like, uh. my God, this is so quick. And, uh, but I had this mentality. I said, okay, whatever we do with the, whatever leg was rehabbing, yeah. the good leg was doing the exact same thing. And Eddie actually, Eddie had his best year in 1998 post-injury wow. and up. Why do you think the, um, I mean, for a century basically in the East, they'd been dominating and continue to dominate Olympic lifting, full squats all the way through there. Why was the West so far behind that, do you think, Andre? That's a really good question. Well. We can't, we can't phone Charles on this one, mate. You're going to have to, uh, have to take this one on yourself. He would probably know. Well, but- is that I, I think uh, the Western world we might have fell in the in the trap of saying, well, you know, we maybe we have to reinvent the wheel too much, and uh, yeah. you know, I don't disagree with uh, changing a, a training style, changing, but there are certain principles yeah. that you can't change those. Mm. Full range of motion. I don't, know, I don't care what you do in sport, what sport you do. Full range of motion. I will always be uh, uh, a huge proponent of that. Like, the, uh, yeah. uh, in the benefit. Now, does that mean that I don't believe in partial training? No, that's not what I'm saying. Mm. But I'm saying, if you want to get strong, get off the fucking Bosu ball and yeah. get on the floor 
and and do your squats with heavy load. It's, it's that simple. Hmm. You, the only way you can get strong is by lifting heavy. So I've seen now they see you see guys now they they do push up and then they have one hand with a rubber band on one side and they they move the fucking band. And, <laughs> you know what? Fair enough. But that's circular shit. Hmm. You do not get stronger doing that. What you do is you get better strength coordination for that movement. Yes. I have mm. no problem with people doing that. I did stupid shit. I did the, the flagpole. I did the, when I was in better shape, flagpole thing. And I did the windshield wipers hanging from the high bar. I did whatever. I used to be able to, you don't grab, be on the floor, grab a pole and bring the whole body up and down. Look super mm. cool. Yeah. But that did not wrong. That's, that just was showing off. Yes. And I think you need to do that once in a while, just even if it's just for self-confidence, psychological profile and say, holy shit, I can do this. So if you can do this psychologically, you're a, you just went up five grade. You go, yeah. I'm on top of the world. And that's what yeah. happened to me when I was doing all this stupid surgery stuff myself. I was like, I am good. I am good. Mm. And yes. that transfuge. Yes. But it did that physical capacity of doing this did not make me a powerful person part of illusion mm. it's the, the power cleans and the dips and the chin-ups and yes. all that shit heavy like yeah. doing heavy for many sets that's what made me strong yeah. Andre we a question that Rod and I had written down before this was just given the breadth of your current research and everything you're doing whether you still felt that strength was the mother quality for athletic and, performance, I gather that that's still the top oh, of the yeah. priority. Yeah. yeah, it was always, and it will always be. Mm. Strength is the mother of all qualities. Is it only one you need? No. If you're a marathon runner, you need to be as strong as you can for the distance you run. Mm. But you'll never be the strength of an Olympic lifter or a sprinter. Ain't gonna happen. It mm. wouldn't be good. Yes. It's not not conducive to your sport. Yeah. But if I have a, a marathon runner says I need I need to get faster, well the first thing I'm gonna say, well, you know what? We're gonna get some hypertrophy, tons of hypertrophy, tons of yes. strength. Absolutely. And the thing if you're made to be a good marathon runner, you will never, never, ever in everything I can do look like the shadow of the shadow of a bodybuilder. Hang on. Yeah. Mm. Not built for it. Exactly. Take uh, like some like a best marathon runner from Ethiopia. Yeah. He's not gonna look like fucking Ronnie Coleman. No, no, he's not. So the thing is, is that do the strength that they need, and and they know marathon runners. They know exactly. There's only one thing. There's two things you can do, and maybe I'm too old, but there's two. As far as I know, as I know still now, there's two things you can do. That, that there's two factors of running that will make you a faster runner. One was the stride, the length of the stride. The Second, frequency. frequency. If you can get both, then it's even fucking better. Mm. And they know for a fact that the only thing that will make you improve both is strength. Yes. Yet, to make them understand this is like, it is so difficult to say, listen, if you can, I remember working with uh, triathletes. I've said this story many times in my courses. I, I almost gave them a, like they thought that the world was literally going coming to an end because I said I need 16 weeks, no running, 
no swimming, what? no cycling. They freaked out. Long story short, again, I was able to get truly six weeks. After six weeks, with only two people out of twelve, because the other twelve didn't want to follow my uh, training because crazy. Yep. Uh, uh, two people followed my. After six weeks, I said, "Okay, they're gonna start running because they're." I can see, they're. So instead of letting them do a five-hour fucking run because they didn't run for the last six weeks, I said, okay, we're going to start doing intervals next week. And they go, oh, intervals. So we did intervals, calmed them down. So I was able to get six weeks, truly six weeks with no nothing. Yeah, right. And what happened? Uh, were they, were they uh, uh, well, better? They, they were not national team. They were what they, what they did. They were the two, the only two qualified for the world championship uh, for the age category. And that was in New Zealand at the time. Yeah. And they did PBs. They did their personal best throughout the there season. Like, and then the World Championship won. Did actually really, really well. Did improve his personal time by a lot. The other one, not as much, but still better. Yes. And the funniest thing, though, is that at the end of the season, when they all got together, it was uh, they uh, realized that uh, the reason why those two did so well that year it's not because of the training I did they did with me it's because of the previous training they did oh, the year yes. before uh-huh Flour- flourished yes by act mm-hmm. a year later magic <laughs> magic there you go yeah. who, who would have thought all right so yeah. getting back to that um that timeline so you you you're, you're writing programs now how did the Biosig, Biosig, uh, like and 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 the Polygon Empire that it, that it truly was like how yeah. how did that evolve from there and and yeah, give us a bit of a timeline. Well, so the first thing that came out really was level one, level two. It was a bit all over the place. So what I did is I and I still have uh, I still have some of the first printout of the Polygram, the level one, and the Polygram's principles. Uh, Charles would write stuff up, make me read them. I would correct them if I need to correct them, and uh, he, would, he would make me do some research stuff, and I would just. You know, make sure that what he was writing was what he really wanted, and yep. you know, look at graphs and stuff like that. <clears throat> then start teaching with him here and there. Of course, was a level one was never the same. A level two was never the same. So whether right. it was Montreal or whatever Germany or Quebec City, whatever, it was always like from yep. one week to the next, go what the hell. Yeah. So it was difficult to. So that's year. That's now we're in the nineties. Um. On about in those years also, but that was a slow. The biosig, uh, the biosig, yeah. Yep. But slower process, like it was always in Charles' mind, bring it all out. That was a bit of a um, uh, struggle. And then Nelson Ayat came in there also, a big different guy. And we that's when he was in Phoenix, and then they de- really developed the biosig. So the biosig, I was involved in the sense of uh, you know measuring people with Charles, and I would. No, uh, again, I could not really verify too many things because that was science above and beyond what I studied at, at, at university. Yeah, uh, and then there's a huge, you know, de- and there's still a debate about you know how truthful the whole insulin was and growth yes. hormone with the calves and testosterone with the pec and triceps and so on. This yeah. is still arguably true, true. Yeah, but then it was really. People were saying, there's, there's no way, but there is more and more. Like the insulin was the first one, and cortisol was the first two that came out, saying, yeah, yeah actually, it, yeah. you know, 
There's a correlation. The more there. love handle you have, and the bigger the belly button, and the more issues you have with your cortisol and insulin. And, yep. But uh, and so that's when it started, and then in 2000, so then he between Phoenix and Rhode Island, there was a uh, years of um, again trying to get the level one, level two more consistent. Yeah. Um, Nelson, I got help with that. Eric also, myself a, a bit also. That's in 2005, 2004, 2006. Charles and I had a bit of a, no, I don't want to say a riff, but naturally, you know, like I always said, he was the, the wife I never wanted to have. But <laughs> a bit of a break. And then uh, there's no dispute. There's no, I, I didn't hate his guts or he didn't hate my guts. It's just different way of thinking. And I just need a break. And he needed a break too. But in 2007, uh, he's at Rhode Island. They called me to ask me if I could, since I built, I was there when he built everything. Yeah. Uh, I knew his principal because I, I trained myself and then I mm-hmm. helped write the, the principal, Charles, uh, Paul principal and the yep. volume one. They said, could you come and restructure the classes? I said, sure. So then I went, that was 2007. And I restructured everything. At that time, though, Owen Lacey and John Connor were, they were teaching with him in Europe. When I came in, I said, okay, I want John and Owen to come in and help me because I want to know what you're doing in the last few years because I don't know. So I sat down with John and Owen and we actually rebuilt everything. So I brought in, uh, I made sure that the principles that were there, that were solid, that were the, the base, everything were in it. Yep. Because kind of, veered away like he from the first few level one level two the the intent to and then the intent of what it would should have bought uh, should have been and the, the delivery of it was <laughs> because charles would take tangent and never come back yes mm. uh, but so what we made sure that everything was structured nice and tight uh it was if he took the the course in rhode island or yeah. in vancouver or in Australia it was exactly was level one, level two was level two, level three is three and four yeah. and four. But that was it. Okay, and then so that was my implication with the whole thing. And then after twenty twelve, when I quit everything, then uh, well, that's another story. But yeah. uh, mm. courts and courts and everything. But yeah. uh, we uh, stayed in contact, and uh, yeah. So then the whole. But I will say though that the PICP days. And I was I was talking with John Connor during the funeral for the the one in uh, in Ottawa. Yeah. You know, it, it was truly it's sad because it was truly Legend. the best yeah uh, strength and conditioning courses out there at the time, and to this day, the quality of teachers we had and yeah. uh, the the experience we had with the teachers was bar none the best. And I think even today would be if yeah. that would be it would be the best that's why Jans and I are trying to revamp some with the, the new the real strength sensei stuff yes yeah. takes longer than <laughs> what we Couple. thought it was gonna take. yeah man like I, I remember um like as obviously Tommy and I used to work at clean health with Dane and uh and prepping 
we had to do a prep for PICP yeah. one and two. It's like, well, it's six weeks away. Come on, let's let's get it. And and it was this uh, this mythical beast in the industry. You know, you survive PICP because back then I think it was was it five days for level one and, yeah. and three for level two. And it was and it was brutal. I did it with uh, Woodski in Perth. I think it was his first uh, yeah. first course, and uh, it was horrific. Like, and then I did uh, level three over in uh, Rhode Island, the old old before it became the new one. And I remember. Um, yeah, I think you backed your big F. I think we had to push the truck or something. That was there, and all these tires and these, those bloody sprints up that side street, man, and that that hill at the end of the street. It was just murderous. Like, I mean, Tommy's probably just like everyone who knows would be laughing their head off. But we, there was this. It was probably thirty guys all doing these sprints against each other, and the, the truck pulled up. We're pulling trucks and pushing sleds in the car, flipping tires. It was, it would all get stake afterwards at the place in uh, Rhode Island and. It was just, uh, yeah, the back, Stefan Gazolt was sort of overseeing, uh, didn't say anything, he was just at the back, who's yeah. this crazy dude, yeah. and Woods <laughs> gave me there, then you were presenting, and um, and you probably, I don't know if you recall that one, me and uh, Tyrone was there, and <laughs> and he was just dropping his guts every five seconds, and you'll go, yeah. what the hell is this guy? Like, seriously, mate, you just you just drop your guts multiple times and laugh, like, this guy's a lunatic, and um, and Ryan was there, and uh, yeah, it was just uh, epic all time, like, uh, legendary type stuff. Yeah, but if you look, it's very interesting that the PICP guys of the days where I was there and Ryan Finley and, and Derek and Stefan and yep. and uh, John Connor, Owen Lacey, yeah. those that period of time, all the big guys, like you guys are in there, yeah. they're all that era. Like I said, the knowledge of the teachers was unbelievable. And not yeah. not just me. Yeah, I mean, mm. Trump bought a few things, but uh, I know, you know Ryan was, you know, I love this presentation on the new system. And he was good on also in strength. I'm not taking anything away from yeah. him from that. And Derek, same thing. Uh, John is an unbelievable, yeah, yeah. smart, uh, uh, smart guy and a super good, like he would, like Charles said that he's one of the best uh, program design in the industry, yeah. you know? Um, so, uh, you know, he was always very good. And Owen was an unbelievable communicator. Yeah. He was not, and all, all his passion, his knowledge was incredible, like yeah. incredible. Not the same right now. And then now I have problem. Uh, you know, you can't, if you do a five-day course, people freak out. Yeah. Mm. It's so long. Yeah. But the thing is, like I did my last five-day in Australia. Yeah. And uh, Reese was there from. Um, Enterprise? Enterprise Fitness. Reese yep, was yep, there. Yep, yep. And I remember he's, he's doing his. Poor guy, but he was doing his squat. I go, Reese, you're fucking. So we're in the, we're doing uh, wave loading. <laughs> yeah. Nine sets. Yep. He's doing six sets of the wave loading, seven, five, three. Yeah. And I fuck, Reese, warm up weight is done. Put some weight on. And he, <laughs> I destroyed him. But my, my goal was not to destroy him, but just to say, fuck, put some weight on. He goes, how do you know? And anyway, so he put more weight. And at the end, he goes, holy shit, you know, he added 25. No, close to 25 kilos, if I remember well. Yeah. If you watch this, you can uh, dial in and say um, differently. But it was close to 20 kilos more. Yeah. And he goes, how did you know? I said, because your fucking concentric tempo was a one. And, and, and if it's a one on set number six out of nine, mm. it should be at least a two, maybe a three. A bit of a grind. Oh, so they, these are the stuff that uh, the coaches then we could see. Yes. But in fact, days you can see so much more than in three days now in three days you get the notion you get uh, but instead of getting 
10 workouts, you only get six. Yeah. Mm. Well, even the, yeah. um, the, the Biosig uh, we did in one of the greatest uh, times I remember at a course was Biosig in uh, Perth. And Charles yeah. was, was looking particularly good at that point in time. And we're at the, uh, the sports ground at, at Perth there. And it was just like just Perth weather, perfect every day, hot, like 30, 35 degrees. And, and there was, it was capacity. There would have been like maybe 50 50 attendees at like it was huge and then because charles the way charles coaches it'll be probably like five minutes of of coaching like talking and then it'll be 10 minute breaks and we retain it all it wasn't quite like that but it was these freaking breaks <laughs> and every time we'd go out charles would have his shirt off just sitting back in the you know shirt off shorts on just in the sun and we're all summer people were doing sprints racing each other you know in the 100 meter section and it was just this and then you know, every every evening, everyone would get together. We'd go to different restaurants. You know, well, it was just such a, you know, and I've never had anything like that, and, and anything building up to be like that as well, because you knew it was going to be like that. And yeah, um, yeah just it's one of the really personifies Charles, and um, and just an awesome awesome experience. And the, obviously, the education was great, but I just thought it was very Charles. You know. Just it was like this 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 oracle in the middle and everyone was crowding around him. He just had his shirt off, you know, sunglasses on, just getting a tan all day. I think he probably had more breaks because he wanted to work on the tan. Yeah, hilarious. Well, man. Charles, I always like that's why <laughs> that's why sometimes like Charles liked me to be in, was liked me being in the back because I I had the guts to get up in the back. You guys wouldn't say anything, mm. and I'd go like this. I'm like, fuck, enough with yeah, the story. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we on and I would yeah. make signs people wouldn't see me yeah. uh, a few people caught me once in a while but the thing is I'd be saying or I'd be in breaks I'd go okay Charles listen then. you have to cover this and this and this because yeah, yes. we're going to be fine. I have to do the, the all the practical with the, mm -hmm. the calipers yeah. but and then he would be and sometimes it'd be horrible like Charles had some like the worst class of ever <laughs> whatever it was and was pissed at something else and Toronto was in a horrible class. It was bad. And um, he goes, well, he goes, Andre, he goes, how come I got this email? So this person complaining about the class today. And I said, because it's fucking horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. He looked at me and he got angry. And he, if I would have been me, I think whoever would have said that, then would have got punched in the face. Yeah. I, I bring my hand forward. I said, listen, I said, I'm giving the truth here. Yeah. I said it was. I said when you're good, you're good. Yes. But yes. today you were shit. Yes. Yeah. Too many stories. Look, <laughs> he, he, he did. There were times when he would. It just oh. became story time with Uncle Charles, and it, yeah. it, it was just, just and it always entertaining. He always had that aura about him. But yeah. there were there were times when you thought, what the fuck did we do today? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember that at uh, at Sydney at the the Hilton, you were there with Ryan and and uh, yeah. and mm. you were up there as well. I remember mm. that one. There was lots of. I think I saw your gestures to wrap it up, Charles, you know, yeah. the neck and like, come on, next. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, though, I, you know, I, we can talk bad or good about I mean, the, the guy was uh, still to this day, like I said, you know, nobody can replace him. I've been no. with him for, I was with him for 31 years when he, uh, 30 years when he passed, but like, oh, there's no way anyone that worked with him and, Anybody, anyone who have the, would have the audacity of saying, "Oh yeah, I can, I can take his place." Fuck, you can't. Mm. Uh, but and then the, you know, good and bad. He was an unbelievable teacher. The knowledge he had was incredible. Yes. Yeah. And when he was on the ball, like he was an unbelievable teacher.
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, Andre. What um, you mentioned there, the the um, the real strength sensei and um, Charles Poliquin, and uh, I think there's strength sensei legacy. Do you mind uh, yeah. giving our listeners, because from the outside looking in, I can see you know there's divide, and um, and obviously I'm I'm following the real uh, strength sensei as well, Charles Poliquin, and I think Crystal's affiliated his daughter with that. Like, what's without you know stepping on people's toes or anything but what's your thought what's going on there man because it was getting pretty messy there for a while like you know the facebook threads i was like oh you know there are people in here who i respect and it's been aired in public and it just doesn't look good you know what's 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 going on what's the go with that well (laughs) (laughs) that's the real reason we got you on on today we just want the gossip yeah yeah, i know i should have known this Uh, (laughs) no at the end of the day you know when they say the road to hell is paved, for, is paved with good intention? Yeah. Mm. Well, that's where we're at. We're on our way to fucking hell. Yeah. But the point is that uh, I don't think anybody destroyed anything purposely, you know? Yeah. It's just that I think there's um, – well, it would have been – it could have been so easy. Like seriously, if, if, if egos would have put, put down and if people would have said, you know what? Let be bygone, be bygone, and let's yep. move on from here and build something. Yes. But uh, there's a, a lot of, uh, and that I will defend, uh, I will prove uh, no matter what, is that there's effort to make it work. But again, because of misconception, yeah. uh, false guidance, um, strong, strong belief that they don't want to let go. Yep. Everything fell through. Me, my goal with all of this, when I posted what I posted, was to make sure there was something for Crystal. And it could have been easy. The answer I was truly expecting was, yes, Andre, there is something for Crystal. Uh, this is the proof. Done. I am out of there. This is your shit. Yeah. Take it away. Go for it. But it's not, sadly enough, what happened. And it's then it just went into uh, this snowball of of event and and circumstances and things that were done wrong and even though it was for the right intention they were not done the right way and yes and, and I'm not blaming one side to the next it's just it's a situation that you go fuck so now which I'm trying to bring a product that was uh, similar to what Charles had. But it's not easy because uh, we don't have anything. Like, I don't have, uh, there's no server to my disposal. Like, I have to rebuild everything from scratch. Yeah. Mm. And and that's, uh, thanks for um, being honest with us there. Um, we really appreciate that. I'm sure our listeners do. What is your, what's the goal for, in, in your, um, the real strength in Sensei Child is what you're referring to. What's the ultimate goal? Is it to have courses and certifications under that? Name brand? Like, what's what's the vision? I have this thing. It's called Life. And I'm yeah. trying to organize everything. So I, I know people are, have been waiting for a long time. They're super patient. Yeah. Uh, but again, there's some situation that we don't need to air out. Uh, but the, it's going to take a bit of time. And then me, I'm trying to reestablish everything, to change everything. My first goal is to get the dojo going again. Yep. Uh, from the real strength, I say. That's my first goal. Yes. Uh there is something with Jan's foot it and myself. Yeah, you know, you must know Jan's foot it. Yeah, bit. yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I'm familiar with him. Yeah. So Charles been talked a lot with him about this education stuff, and 
because Jans, uh, the 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 pearl with Jans is that he is uh, he is hungry, hungry for knowledge, mm. and he not give a shit about paying for it. So now he's in China for, I don't know how long, two weeks, I think. Yeah. And he's learning with the Chinese Olympic lifting team. Mm-hmm. And he's learning with them. So he's, he goes to the source, which yeah. is exactly what Charles was doing in the uh, 70s and 80s. Yes. And uh, that's why I think Charles connected to some extent with, with uh, Jans. Because mm-hmm. he saw Jans going, oh shit, this guy's going to Russia. Mm-hmm. This guy's going to China. This mm-hmm. guy's going. He goes to wherever the knowledge is. He's going to mm-hmm. go. Awesome, and so the, that's why that's why I love about Jams because he is hungry, like truly hungry about the knowledge. He wants to change the the, the the industry, I guess, same as I want to some extent. Yep. And we're hoping to align the stars so that we can get again an unbelievable uh, educational pro uh, program against you know to. Uh, um, we're not, we're not going to reproduce the PRCP because again that's done. Yeah. But we're, we want to we want to provide something that the, the the network, if you want, or the recognition of the quality of knowledge you get through that. That's uh, that sounds awesome, man. I'm really looking forward to that. And um, but of course, you you sort of. Uh, for our listeners that, that do follow you, which most of them do, I'm sure, they'd also be aware that you're studying. You've gone back to school yourself, and we, we might have to yeah. call you Doctor Doctor uh, Benoit. Doctor Benoit next time we speak is 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 that is that right? <laughs> <laughs> so you well, doing osteopathy? A doctor, if I had the same course in France, you're a doctor, but in Canada because of uh, again power at B. The medical association, the chiropractor association, they don't want us to have that title, which is, in in and in truthfulness, it doesn't really matter because yeah. we are able to do the same work. Yep, it's just change your letters instead of a DR, you get a DO, so diploma of osteopathy. Yep, uh, which is I, again for me, that's not. I I I'm not doing this to get the doctor title. I'm doing this because it's uh, it is truly the only uh, treatment protocol if you want that has the biggest benefit i think to to someone now the modulation i use we use in osteopathy is not the end all is it the end all be all of everything no there's a there's 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 a, a need for doctors yes because we're not doctors, like they're true doctors there's a need for acupuncture there's a need for art there's a need for all of that me i take osteopathy because you truly look at the body as a whole. Like you have your your muscle, your tendon, your tissue, your your fascia, your yes. the heart, the liver, the, all the organs, the brain, and how it works, and then the manipulation of. But and it's there's no cracking. It's or you suggest something to the body, and then the body will respond really, really well if it's what it needs, and nothing at all if it doesn't need it. And I've actually I've in my my first year of osteopathy was hell because i felt nothing like they asked to see, they asked to feel a really small movement and i'm like i'm the guy who goes like fuck i'll 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 put you in that range of motion watch this. Yeah. <laughs> so it took me a good two years to start feeling minute stuff yeah. and when and the first time you feel you go well was it me or is it my head is it like yeah. is it something and then put more and more and more uh that's why it's easy to say some people will go have an osteopathy treatment and they go this is fucking this bullshit. Like you feel nothing. Yeah. Mm. But the thing is that you have results. Like I've seen, I've yeah. felt results. 
myself. And I've seen results with teachers and you go, what the heck? And and me, I am not the guy. I'm a bit skeptical. Like there's one teacher, I have my hand on someone's skull and the teacher put her hand on top of my hand and she goes, Andre, it's easy. It's from the hips. And I remember going, and I literally in the class came out in English. I'm like, what the fuck? Like seriously, how can you say the girl on the table said it is my hip? I'm like, and then you go, what? Like, wow. wow. <laughs> yeah. But that, and she's been an osteopath for 17 years. Yes. Mm. So, so is that working on energy throughout the body? Like, is it energy healing, that kind of stuff? Is that what we're talking about? Some is. Some is. Uh, but it's mostly, uh, like, for example, if you work with the skull, okay, so the, some of the say that, well, the platelets are, they're, they're well, they're, they're, they're fused. Like, they yeah. don't move. But, you know, actually, there's somewhat some movement because I I'm starting to feel. Now they say there's a guy in osteopathy that is his thesis, and I know that if there's a doctor listening to me now, you're gonna say that's not a real thesis. It's a bullshit thesis, but whatever. <laughs> it's uh, did his thesis with he's an, he was an engineer, and he was a, he had they have these measuring tools that they can measure micron whatever. Yeah, and. Uh, Testing his thesis was only on the capacity of a human being to test what's the smallest amount of movement we can te- we can feel, and I could have the number wrong, but it was either sixty micron or 90, 90, 90 micron. And the skulls move uh, a minimum of ninety microns, right. supposedly, and then they tested this or so whatever. Whether it's true or not doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you can have you have results. Yeah. Whether you work on the energy, and then one thing they believe a lot is the intent. So as soon as you put your hands on someone, and you have the intent of healing, because that's an energy, tell me, like mm. you, there's mm. something happening. Yes, you don't. Um, are we going to be miracle workers? No, I don't think I'm going to be a miracle worker. Mm. But there's definitely an aspect in that uh, way of treating people that mm. is actually explaining a lot of shit that's not happening in strength training. Mm. So. Th- I, in two years, I'm able to now say, oh, this is why you do strength training. You do yes. your structural screening, your structural balance. You come in with your exercises, and all of a sudden, pain is gone. Everything is gone. They're 100%. And they go, they perform, win medals, and then that. They stop training. Whew, everything goes back to being all screwed up. As a strength coach, we address the, issue, the uh, symptoms, but we do not address the issue. Or the origin, right? Happened. So when you do, and and again, like I'm talking about osteopathy here because I'm studying osteopathy. Chiropractor, did they do some stuff the same? Yeah, I'm sure some chiropractor. Yeah, it's what I call chiropractor plus. So chiropractors that sees more than just bone, they see okay, this works with this, works with that. There's some fantastic chiropractors. Yes, yeah. And uh, and actually, there's some great osteopath that are that were us chiropractors yeah so again this is for me just one way of again uh, pushing my knowledge trying to delay the onset of as of uh alzheimer's (laughs) but uh push my knowledge learn more and then and it's really interesting how my 30 years as a strength coach and i meet some people that have been osteopath for 25 30 years how all of a sudden we can talk and all of a sudden say, oh and then as they speak 
I can explain things to them about strength training, why it helps them. And then also they talk to me and says, well, Andre, this is happening because this and this. I'm like, oh, yeah. okay, I never mm. – like there's six quads. You know? There's no, there's not four squads. There's six quads. There's one quad muscle. The only job is to make sure that the, the um, capsule comes out. When the, the patella moves, the capsule comes out so it doesn't get caught. It's right. just yeah. stupid shit. And you go, what the hell? So every time you have an ACL operation – or you have a torn ACL, there is no operation, but you do. What happened is that little muscle sometimes will seize up, and then you have knee pain, is because it doesn't pull the, yeah. the capsule. So they do this little thing, and also you're a miracle worker because all you did is activate that stupid muscle that was inhibited. <laughs> mm. <laughs> mm. It yeah. is, uh, it's, it's not comforting that, um, you know, that Andre still, you know, you're doing this course, and uh, you know, with your knowledge and how you're still learning about how quads. smart you are yeah. from, from where I'm sitting, and and you're still finding stuff out. It's like, what hope have we got, Tom? Yeah. Zero. Zero. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, Andre, what about um, you've mentioned a couple of times about developing strength for you? It was the low repetitions for multiple sets. Last time we had Charles on here, I think we asked him to rattle off a couple of his favorite functional hypertrophy training systems. What about if we ask Andre for a couple of his favorite... Yeah, or concepts, fundamentals. Either relative strength training systems or functional hypertrophy training systems and, and maybe a little bit of the concept behind doing lower reps for multiple sets and the, the, the benefits of that. Okay, well, this approach I have, so I have beginners and advanced and then I realize now that there's also intermediate, but that's a. But if you look at the way I train my clients, is that for the last few years, um, well, I've known this since 1997. I started figuring out, okay, uh, we adapt to training in um, about four to six weeks. You know, you, you adapt to the your body will adapt to a, a specific system mm-hmm. in about four to six weeks. But I also realized that. Uh, we adapt to a coach between six and seven years. And the reason why is because we get caught up as coaches, I'm guilty of it, to using the same systems and we recycle them year after year. So if you have athletes that, uh, you know, in Australia, so you're, you know, Australian football or yep. rugby, whatever sport you want to think about, hockey here, uh, then. Like for me, for example, when I became my own entity as a strength coach, I was like, well, fuck, all that shit I did with Charles works fantastic. So to develop strength, I was the strongest guy on the Luge team and I yeah. did records. And so I said, okay, so I'll use that. So I used those and I saw results on the Luge. But after, and we all know that after a few years, we stagnate. Like any athletes, after a few years, you're going to stagnate. Yeah. I knew that. It happened with my guys, my hockey players. Wasn't happy. Again, at uh, Matt Jordan, then was a strength coach with the speed skating team, was doing different systems that supposedly were not great system, but the guy was still developing gold medalist. So I'm like, yeah, they can't be that bad because yes. you can't really argue success. And with long story short, I realized that as you get older in training age, you must start. You have to change. You, you have to change your the training system you use with your athletes. So for me, I've learned that with beginner, whatever you've learned, whatever the basic principles are for strength, functional hypertrophy, hypertrophy, strength endurance, whatever they are, you apply them 
and you will have fantastic results. Yes. But eventually, for for example, for my hockey players, we did uh, a wave loading of six, maybe nine sets, like so three, two to three waves. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's no more enough. We have to go to 12 sets. So wow. four waves. And they have to get there. And then they have to do it. And then that's the only thing. And then you also have to stop. I stopped listening to people saying these systems are crap. This is the best system. And I, because I realized that, you know what? If you use these systems for a long time, they yeah. do not, they're, they, they're not that great anymore. And if you use these one for a long time, they're not that great either. But if you interchange them, Yes. Use one and then these ones and then those ones. Wow, it, it works. So uh, the, the method I'm talking about was conjugated. And the first and the conjugated method I'm talking about was you have um, your Monday, Tuesday, upper, lower. Okay, so Monday, Tuesday, upper, Monday, Tuesday, lower, or yeah. vice versa, whatever. But And then the Thursday, Friday, same workout. So the conjugated method, the first one I've heard about was you do your – Let's say your rep range is six to eight. You do your full two exhaust, two failure training on Monday, Tuesday. Yes. You have 100% value. You do 70% of that value on the uh, Thursday, Friday. Same then exercise. The week after, you figure out your new 100% value and you do 70% of that new 100% and you repeat. That's the first conjugated method. I've. That's the... If you tell someone tells me conjugated method, that's what I think right away. Now I know it's been changed, it's been whatever, but that's conjugated. So that one I heard, oh, it was not that great. But when I first time I did this after six years or seven years of training my guys, I did the conjugated method. Hold and behold, yeah. what happened? In strength gains, like like what the hell? Yeah. Now the plan broken. And I go, so I you know I really I think for me it's important that people get out of the box. So my favorite strength training uh the training methods for strength hypertrophy functional hypertrophy and strength endurance is keep the the, the basic ones at first yeah so uh, strength training you do linear whatever three to five reps yeah for three weeks five weeks four weeks and then your functional hypertrophy will be six to eight reps and then hypertrophy eight to 12 to 15 i like to go higher to 20s because now research has shown actually yep. that women get significant hypertrophy up to 50 reps and yep. men up to 30 reps, which was 80 something. No, 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 fuck, that's just strength endurance, but whatever. And then as you get people that have an older training age, then you have to go, okay, so this guy now used to go, used to be made some fantastic gain, for example, just taking the wave loading with six sets, so two ways, but now I got to bring him to nine sets or 12 sets because it's no more. It's no more enough. The exposure yeah. to the to the stimulus is too short and the body says, I've done this before, it's easy. Yeah. I have to challenge the body in either way. So if, if that's for strength training. Functional hypertrophy, well, you got to go, okay, well, my functional hypertrophy, well, maybe this guy, uh, you know, you have your, your, your step system. So eight, eight, six, six, four, four. Uh-huh. So maybe you, uh, it's going to be instead of just eight, uh, steps of two, you do steps of threes. Okay. And then this is, I, I change things like that. Because so eight, eight, I, eight, six, 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 four, 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 four. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. 
But if I want to stay walking, I want to put more emphasis on strength because this guy is more fast switch. Okay, so he doesn't respond too well to high rep. I'll do eight eight six six four 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 four. That takes experience. So after training my guys for six seven years, I knew what worked well for them and what did not. I knew that for Nolan, I had to do two intensification for one accumulation, and for Dominic it was the sure. reverse, two accumulation, to or actually Dominic, I had to get him ready to get his heavy intensification phase. So he would do hypertrophy. Functional hypertrophy, linear descending. So we would start at uh, seven to nine the first week. First um, rotation. Uh, first rotation, second rotation, you go six to eight, and then uh, five to seven, and four to six. And then the phase after that, the real intensification phase was five, three, one, or uh, one, yeah. six, or something that you would be able, because now you have to bring, with Dominic, you have to get him ready for intensification phase. Because he was really good at hyper, he was more slow twitch, I guess. Yeah. So hypertrophy responds really quick. Yes. Functional hypertrophy, okay. Intensification, ugh, fuck, you have to get him ready because mm-hmm. he was not. It always took him a week or two to oh kick in, you know. And, that, and I suppose, like you said, that's just knowing your your athletes or the demographic you're working with. And for our listeners that might not be up to speed on, you mentioned accumulation oh. intensification. Do you want to just uh, so accumulation higher hypertrophy yeah. focus, well, uh, intensification more strength? Yeah, accumulation phase is a uh, muscular adaptation. Yep. So eight reps and above, and a uh, intensification phase is a neuromuscular adaptation. Yes. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, that was popularized not invented but popularized by charles yes that's just it was introduced with right away from 1988 the first phase and that's i stuck with that that's my two that's and it's an easy way to see things yeah either mm. you train the system or you train your uh accumulation and then anything in between i call transition or if i bring someone uh, a phase that i bring someone to intensification that's a transition phase yes Awesome. I love it. And so, Andre, in that intensification phase for an advanced athlete, you're now prescri- volume. prescribing 12 sets for a wave load, for instance. What's the what's the trade-off? How do you – you've got to take something back. Like you can't just keep pouring more and more volume. Well, How do you accommodate well, for well, that? Okay, it's a really good question. So if, they, if people come to my courses, they'll have all the answers. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, uh, for you guys, I'll do it. Uh, but the thing is, okay, so for – more advanced people. So obviously, okay. Um, let me step back here. I always compare my uh, clients to engines. So you have your four-cylinder engine with the wire that is required for the four-cylinder engine. So it's going to be the gauge is going to be small. Yeah. This four-cylinder. If I could, the the the, the spark plug is a yeah, fucking yeah. lawnmower plug. Doesn't take That's much right. of a current. But as you get older in training age, you become now a, a six-cylinder, an eight-cylinder. And then you go eight diesel uh-huh. and then 10 diesel. And then I always compare. So you have to imagine these engines in Canada in February. So when you start it, uh, so February, for people don't <laughs> I love this winter. So it's minus 30. Yep. If you start it, a force under engine goes and it starts and it will warm up in like literally yep. two minutes. It's ready hot, to go. ready to go and then take off. But the huh. diesel engine in Canada, you start it, you have the glow plug first. You yep. have to do your plug three three four times and then you start and they go like, 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 like. Uh. but 10 minutes 
it runs well and it will never stop that thing will pull a house yeah it'll do everything strong it's warmed up so for my advanced training a lot of time now because we all know all of us we all know that we do always fantastic warms up warm ups um yeah my <laughs> yeah, my right. advanced training what i do now is my my uh, goal reps my goal system or my the the main training system I want to use in that training session will then now be in the B's, no more in the A's. Because mm. A's is the end of the warm-up. Like especially if you have a big 10-cylinder diesel engine, I don't see anybody like I, I and, and we have the best intent in the world. Like I'm and I'm guilty of it too. Like I hate warming up. So I'll do my warm-up. My standard warm-up is three sets of A1, A2. So first set, 10 to 10, 8 to 10 reps, second set four to six, um, six to eight reps. And the third set of warm up is four, set, four reps. Okay. They have your three, three sets of warm up. Yes. That's uh, a six sets total by uh, about 20 some reps total. Okay. Yeah. But that's no more efficient for someone who's training for 10, 12 to 17 years, 20 years. So I do the, the warm up, and then my A's become the end of the warm up. For yes. the nervous system at B's, then you go. So that's why I, I came up with my Herdner system one and two. So Herdner system one is the A1, A2 is six to eight reps, uh, 3010 tempo, 30 seconds rest. Yep, warm up. I yep. developed that thing for functional hypertrophy. It didn't work out that way, but they work out really well in some of the ways. And then my B1, B2 is two to four reps, five sets, two to four reps, uh, two minutes rest. Yeah, and my C one C two, you go back to the A one A two. So it's six, uh, five sets, six to eight reps, thirty seconds rest. Uh, with that, I call the Herdner one because it's Andre. Ba- Herdner is Andre backward. Um, I don't have any. Tom, Tommy's to actually my- done it, so he can yeah. vouch for yeah. it. There. Yeah, Tommy, you've done it exactly. Mm. So when I came up with this, and my purpose was to create a, the best functional hypertrophy possible. But what happened in reality is that the younger the beginner, like uh, when I say beginner, is like a year on, under your belt of lifting proper technique. Up to about four years, they got strength hypertrophy. And anything four years and above, the older they get, they get only almost just strength. Yeah. Mm. With time, I said, why the hell there's no hypertrophy? And the reason why, because they're big engines, and the A's is no more has nothing to do with functional yeah. hypertrophy itself. Yeah, that's just the just, just a warm up. Just the glow plugs. Just got yeah. a couple of glow plugs there for A one A two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Flick, I had clicking the starter. <laughs> I love there's it. a guy and Reese put again. I might have the number wrong, but not by too many kilos. I believe Reese Reese put in four weeks sixteen kilos on his bench press. Yeah, and Mark Otobri put nineteen kilos on his chin up. Wow. Now, that's exactly what I said. I said, wow. But I was I was still not convinced. I'm like, fuck, there's no way mm. you can put 19 kilos above and above your, P, your PB. Like, there's no. Mm. And I said, there's something wrong. And I discovered with the years that what happened is those two guys, like Mark at the time, I think, was 16 years in training. Yeah. Reese was uh, 10, 11. Yeah. <clears throat> Again, if they listen to this, they can pitching their their uh, thing but um what happened is that that training 
allow them to get in what I call the uh, dormant strength. So meaning that at that training age, you're way stronger than you think you are. But what happened is that the, because we repeat the same training system over and over and we do not over and over again and we do not challenge our body enough, yes. our body is so adaptive that says, well, fuck, that's easy. I've done this. I've done something yeah. like this. Not to. Yeah. But I think with that system, the hurting system, because they had the A1 as a warm-up, they were able to potentiate their strength a bit more because they were ready. And it made them express that strength that mm. they had in the bank. Yeah, yeah. And they pulled it out. Mm. That's my own no research on this at all. It's my wow. own theory that I with the years of having people doing my that hurting a one, I go, man, there's something. And then the more I, people do it, the more I'm like, fuck, I think I'm right. Yeah. Of course it could be that just those enterprise boys, you know, just train like pussies and you actually got them training hard <laughs> for a change. I mean Yeah, you might want to uh, put your spit on that, Mark and Reese. Uh, that's Rawdon saying that. But uh, <laughs> You know, uh, that, yeah, uh, that's absolutely fascinating. I mean, those no, no. boys are awesome down there at Enterprise. We actually had uh, had Mark on, Mark on the other week. Yeah, talking about business and the wolf pack that he does. But um, absolutely awesome. All right, Tommy, All right, where do we go from here, mate? That's a pretty good synopsis of uh, Mr. Mr. Benoit and what he's doing. Yeah. What's um, before we wrap things up, man? What uh, what's what's happening with you? Course anything? Sort of. I know you. Uh, I saw you doing some hypertrophy. Or program design courses or something recently? I saw yeah. you do oh, I've, I've got a deal with, uh, it's called Mo, uh, Movadi Fitness. They're in back east in Ontario and Canada. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so they hired me to, I uh, was there teaching uh, their some of their trainers in uh, the last camp I did was uh, Hypertrophy Academy. The one before that was Mastering Program Design. Awesome. Uh, so I had those. And then now I people say, well, when are you coming here? When are you coming there? When are you coming so my message to people now is I say, listen, uh, it is so difficult now to fill up classes because everything is free on the internet. Some of it is good. Most of it is horrible. <laughs> but people are happy with it. So on Fa- when I say on the internet, it's mostly Facebook. But um, uh, so what I do now is I'll, I tell people, listen, if you want, I'll fly in. Yep. I have no problem with it. I need 10, at minimum 12 paying people. And then I'll do the course. You fly me in. We do this. I'll, I send the information, the cost, everything. Yeah, that's what I want. And then if they can get it, I go. If not now, because what happened now is that people, I don't know if it's the generation we're in now, but they they uh, they will sign in at the last minute. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. And when I say like seven days before, hmm. I had yeah. one guy in Ottawa the day before. Yeah, the night before so sometimes. Before, yeah, yeah. So for two months, I have three people. Yeah. And, I'm not, and I said, I'm not flying to Ottawa yeah. to people because they won't even cover my rental, yeah. my car rental. Yeah. So, <clears throat> so anyway, so, but then also, then they, they hear, oh, hungry might not come. Oh, and then people fucking, but yeah. by that time, then it's like uh, two weeks before the class, yeah. then my ticket went from 600 bucks to. Uh, <laughs> and you're out of pocket. Yeah. Oh, thanks, thanks guys. They call me, organize it, get your people. Yep. Because a lot of time I say, like, for example, I teach in Ottawa, I teach in Toronto, I teach in Vancouver, and they go, fuck, this is the best course ever. Yeah. When are you back? When are you back? I was okay, I'm, I'll be back, you know, next next month if you want. Yeah. But by, when it comes time to pay, yep. oh, oh, you know, my girlfriend wants this, and yeah, yeah. oh, well, that, 
Mm. All right, yeah. so uh, so basically, Tommy, if we can uh, get a bit of a whip around to get 12 heads, we can get uh, Mr. Benware down under. Mm-hmm. Maybe work on a tan while you're over here, mate. Well, down, down under would be, I'd like to have at least 17. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now you... Hey, well, well, whoa, it was 10, then it went 12, now it's 20. Are you getting greedy, Andre? I think you are becoming uh, Mr. Poliquin. You are, mm-hmm. you know, you... <laughs> My courses are... Yeah third of what his courses were so yeah i'm not uh, yeah and Absolutely. you stick to the content as well i can vouch for that yeah yeah well i'm only I com- a couple of stories couple i'm only stories coming if there's some there. good stories mate yeah. yeah but mine are my stories are good <laughs> yeah well maybe yeah. we would hear yours for the first time after it was the, the fourth or fifth time I was like, yeah mm. yeah we know the finish charles come on next mm. yeah absolutely yeah. awesome all right, all right. so and, and what about um are you doing any coaching one-on-one or anything like that or is it mainly just the courses you're yeah. doing now and well, now I'm, uh, a lot more demands on uh, mentoring so i have a mentoring uh, uh program online and uh so i have uh, right now i have three guys on uh, that I'm mentoring, and so mentoring basically is uh, you guys. They bring in what they want to learn. I look at what they want to learn, I, and I put in what I wish they should learn, and then uh, we do a mix of both, and then we go over. You have some homework and stuff like that. Yep. Uh, so it's going well. I have the mentoring, and then I have also have internships. So people now, uh, I had a guy came in three weeks ago, three day internship, and those are probably. The mentoring is really good because I make you work. So everything we do is for, I make you work on your clients. Yes. We, we talk about the principle, but at the same time, okay, your homework is you have to write down a program now for whatever client, like yep. weight loss or, or mass gain or rehab. And then they, for them, I like it because it's, it's applicable right away and they get something out of it. So their homework, they actually do stuff for their own work. Mm-hmm. And they, you know, so uh, I like that. So there's... If, they, if anybody wants are interested in um, mentorship or courses, mm-hmm. if they want to fly, uh, me to go over to their place, mm-hmm. all you have to do is contact us at uh, CCSC uh, Calgary at me.com. Yep. Uh, or, uh, yeah, for that, so you just contact us on email, CCSC Calgary at uh, me.com, and then we'll organize the mentorship or the class or Beautiful. internship if they want to come in here. Yep. I also have a guy now, he's thinking of flying me over to his gym to do my internship but to his staff beautiful so that's 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 a possibility too Mm. those are actually i love those what i teach you you can apply 100 percent of it immediately no i can certainly vouch for that absolutely the way andre teaches i know the hypertrophy course is back home to the hotel every night writing up the Mm. programs to be marked Mm. Mark the next day, like, like Tyrone was at yeah. the back of the class. Uh, Tyrone in the back of the class, farting, farting and sleeping Dropping while you're guts. presenting. Hi, hey, Tyrone, if you listen, man, yeah. we love your work. <laughs> okay, we'll get you on the program soon. Mm. Right. Okay, Andre, we'll uh, a okay. we'll, little bit, a uh, little bit uh, quicker between drinks next time. We'll get you on again and pester you and uh, see how you're going. Uh, shortly, uh, uh, wish you all the best. I, and... love, uh, I love doing this with you guys. I enjoy. It. I wish you could call me more than once every seven year. <laughs> <laughs> Look, mate, the, ra- the ratings were going down, so we were like, who can we get can that we everyone get? loves? Yeah. Let's get Andre on. We'll cover the, <laughs> we'll, we'll cover the strength yeah. sensei. You know. yeah. Good ego pet right there. <laughs> Thanks, Andre. All right, mate. Have a good night. See you soon. Yeah, mate. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Okay. Right, well, there he was. Some fascinating stuff there about how he likes to... Pro- Can you imagine having to do 12, 12 sets for a wave load? 
horrible. Four waves. Horrible. Torturous. Interesting that as a marker for um, where you are with with that low repetition work, the back end of a wave load, how your concentric speed, you know, if it's coming up in one second, it's not heavy enough. He wants exactly. to see you grind out a Struggle two, straight. two or three second concentric. It's been a while Struggle since straight. I've done any of those. <laughs> <laughs> Grinding. Yeah. It's well, I grind, Tom. Plenty of grinding, but just not in the gym. Not in the gym. Yeah. <laughs> what? It wouldn't be an under the bar episode. What are you talking about? I mean, it wasn't laced. I mean, in the it. kitchen when I'm grinding like pepper and uh-huh. salt and stuff uh-huh. like that. Oh, the old yeah. pepper grinder. Pepper. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Woo, pepper grinder. <laughs> Woo. <laughs> nice. But, uh, that was Mr. Benoit. We'll probably get him on again soon. We'll milk. We'll milk him. We'll, we'll get more we'll out of him. him. Yeah. We'll yeah. give him maybe uh, six months, and then we'll get him back. Yep, so look, I hope you enjoyed that one. And uh, Rawdon, if people want to get in contact with you, uh, if they're yep. a professional athlete, they can work with you for free. If you turn pro under my uh, tuition, yes, you can uh, be coached for free. Uh, but just Instagram, Facebook, either of those two, the Dubai Method, that will do. Very good. And for yourself? Uh, TomHewitt.com.au. Lovely. And uh, that has been another episode of Under the Bar Podcast. Thank you, Tom. Have a lovely day. Let's go on.